right. All right. And we're back for another episode of The Blockument. Hey, everybody. How are you doing today? Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome. This is where we do crypto education through everyday conversations. My name is Nate Talbot. I'm the executive director of the Detroit Blockchain Center. Um, just wanted to do a quick note. Today's episode is pre-recorded and not live, so you cannot call in. Don't call um, But I'm here today <laughs> with my co-host. Ashley Rose. I'm just your everyday uh, gale. I am a mother and a reseller, and I'm here on this journey to learn uh, what what is all of this crypto, Bitcoin stuff all about. Yep, and we're joined today. We have a guest, a special guest in the house, DJ Skis, my homegirl. That How is you doing? me. Nice to meet you all. I am DJ Skis. I'm not your average ordinary girl. I would never say that <laughs> nope. about you either. Um, oh, you. We are extraordinary women who learn about things as we go about this world, right? And mm -hmm. so crypto has been something that I've been learning about over the last five, six years. And we met probably three, four years ago, at least yeah. um, at a Bitcoin birthday. And this is kind of my world now. Well, yeah. one of my worlds. Yes. But, yeah. One of your Thanks many, many me. worlds. Thank you. And we got skis on here today. We're talking about what even is the metaverse? I know a lot of people have heard the term before metaverse. Um, it really got popular when a certain Mr. Zuckerberg started yeah. throwing the term out there and sort of slanted everything a lot of people who were working on metaverses are. So we'll sort of dig into all that. Um, but usually we start off each episode, I dig in to Ashley a little and <laughs> try to get her own little interpretation. So, like, what do you know? What would you say the metaverse is? Okay, so this one is going to be difficult for me. Um, so I originally thought that the metaverse was... Um, like a pair of goggles that you put on and you walk around in a fake world. And then I thought that it was only Facebook. But then, like, I thought there was only one metaverse. And then come to realize that there are m multiple metaverses. Um, so, yeah, I would just say that a metaverse is almost like a 3D, 4D video game that you, like, live in, can live in. I don't know. Let's hmm. see. I'm sure I'll improve upon this. We'll, we'll see. What, what would you bad. say, Skis? What, what, what was your definition of metaverse? Be? I mean, I actually laughed when I walked in the room because I said this isn't my forte when it mm -hmm. comes to uh, Web3 in general. But you're not far off. Um, the metaverse is kind of an alternate reality, computer-based reality, um, where there's a lot more things than just, like, maybe walking around already. And so people are buying land in the metaverse. They're advertising in the metaverse. There's, um, and I say in the metaverse, but then for people who've never even seen, say, a sandbox or other other platforms besides Facebook. Does Facebook even have a working metaverse? They yep. do? Yeah. yeah, see, we haven't even... Depends on how you define working, but yeah. Working, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, because they have the Oculus, mm -hmm. right? So it's not far off from what we even saw in the 90s and the early 2000s about, like, what would be, um, or even people think of Ready Player One and some of the other kind of sci-fi books and movies that had elements of the metaverse. But there is already advertising. There's concerts going on. There's full-on... Um, in Detroit, we've done meetings in the quote-unquote metaverse where mm -hmm. if you're anywhere in the world, you can all meet up in 
what would be defined as the metaverse. And so it's not really the technical definition of it, but maybe more of an everyday definition of, yeah, a virtual world where many things can happen from horse racing. Mm -hmm. Nate Nate and I got horses we raced in the metaverse. That's right. Um, and so, yeah, and so from there we can branch way out to some of the benefits or maybe the the drawbacks, drawbacks of, you know, participating in the metaverse. So, yep, I think the only place I would differ, um, I think both of those are strong, popular opinions of what the metaverse is. I don't think there is a textbook definition yet. We're trying to figure it out as we go along. Um, you know, it came about. And what was it, the 90s? It was in a book, book yeah. that Nettick suggested to me, and I actually, uh, yeah, I fully read it. It's a great Shout book. Nettick. Mm-hmm. Some peace, brother. The, uh, yeah. The author the, coined the term, yeah. But, um, you know, for me, why I get excited, I didn't really realize, I didn't know anything about the metaverse besides, like, the movies, and, you know, I've heard about the book, but I didn't really pay much attention until Decentraland, which is, like, the first active metaverse in the blockchain sphere came out this was like february when the pandemic hit right so they had just like launched came out of beta you could go in and boy i started seeing all the possibilities of what you could do and it sort of drove my definition to be a little different because i was the same thing as you guys i was like oh it's like a video game thing it's basically like sims but like with goggles yeah. like not my thing i wasn't really into sims or <laughs> second life and all that but I started to see the real possibilities, and over the years, that just expands out. Um, I've been a big fan of uh, XR, which is like augmented reality and virtual reality sort of mixed together. Okay. Um, to me, the metaverse is exactly what you guys defined as one aspect, but also we're in an age now where you have digital assets, and NFTs are a big thing, which is why I wanted you on here, Skis, because you're like, you know, for those who don't know, Skis is like my NFT person. That's where I get a lot of NFT Way information. Down the rabbit hole. Yeah, she's yeah. phone a friend. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's like once you combine like NFTs and augmented reality, it's not, I don't see many people going into this computer realm wearing VR goggles all the time. I see it as an opportunity for you to take your digital assets and use it in the real world, you know, just like we did with social media. At first, it was everybody on the computer and chatting just online. Now it's a way to organize online, but it leads to all these real-world interactions, right? It's not just happening on on a computer. Yeah. You know what I mean? We do, I barely text message with people anymore. We're communicating through social media, but communicating how we're going to meet and interact in real life. There's this, there's this bridge, marriage. Um, so that's my sort of viewpoint of it all. Um, but I was going to say, can I pop in real yeah. quick? Something that the artist who I work with who is world famous, and this is the NFT project that I've been very involved in uh, with Ron English, he started in the 80s co-opting billboards, right? So he went over billboards and did political commentary over them. And he said it was the best thing to get people driving down the street to see him. And it was like such easy advertising for him. He's also just really brilliant in his ideas of wanting to be 
an, an artist that moves forward and isn't just stuck in whatever he's done. Right. So he said when the internet came around, everybody, he was a, at that point, he was already a very famous graffiti artist. And there was a woman who was a journalist and wanted to get different graffiti artists in, in the city or in different cities and interview them. And everyone said, oh, once the internet comes around, we're all just going to be sitting at our computers and no one's going to interact right. and meet each other. And he said, here, this woman with a push of a button was able to find graffiti artists that had never been photographed, had never been even interviewed because what the internet did was allowed us to find that little niche yeah. of whatever community we needed or we couldn't find because before you know you collected postage stamps you had to send them to a magazine that would eventually yeah. post your things and just the speed of it was so slow right so everybody thinks with the metaverse we're going to get stuck doing the same thing yeah. sitting in front of our computer doing nothing and in his mind he's like no now i have access to my entire fan base like this because of right. blockchain i can send them a digital art gift mm -hmm. i can have them come to my store and we'll probably get into some of this later i might be throwing out some terms that are, you said you're a reseller so he can token gate his items where you then you can buy his physical in real life art pieces but only if you're a member of his nft fan club or right. you know fan clubs back in the day were a huge thing like we're mm -hmm. both artists and yeah. you know you would fill out the postcard and send it in and then you would get you know vip access to tickets for concerts and all that and like now that we can do that all on the blockchain is really a game changer i think for a lot of artists or just other advertising and brands and brands yeah. are picking up on it yeah as much as people want to say NFTs are dead, they wouldn't be if these big brands are, were. I mean, Jaritos, like my favorite Mexican soda, mm -hmm. just did a <laughs> just did a huge NFT release. You know, well, Reddit had like one of the most largest NFT releases, period, and nobody even knew they were buying NFTs. Who who was that? Reddit. Oh. Yeah. No, that was a. Uh, it was like um, they kind of. It was there was no front running, no advertising, no nothing. It right. was a free mint. It was Just a free, a free mint, mint. I'm with very little, on Ethereum chain. very little notice. And and redditors notoriously hate NFTs. And yeah, you did. They, they did. All, like you said, they didn't even know that they were buying NFTs. They don't even know they're yeah. buying. They were all into it. And it, it, it that's like what they think it was. Well, they just thought it was like a profile picture that they got to like own. They thought it was pretty cool. Oh, I got my own profile icon that sort of represents me, and I can I have control over it, and I can do things with it. That's yeah. pretty cool. Like and we're like, yeah, that's what we've been trying to tell you. But yeah. the, the speculation side of things um, really slants how things look. And then I think, not necessarily with the NFT pieces, but I think that similar thing happens with the metaverse. Um and with like when Mark Zuckerberg came out with Facebook and changed the name from Facebook to being the parent company to Meta yeah. and really put Metaverse in it in the um, in the sort of uh, social psyche of yeah. this thing that's coming, it really slanted what the Metaverse really is. Like we defined it. He comes out and he's like, basically, it's Facebook, but with goggles. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's really crappy Facebook with goggles because, like, they have struggles even putting, like, legs on avatars and stuff. Well, and that doesn't sell it to anybody, right? Because yeah. a lot of people are kind of anti-Facebook anyway. Yeah, yeah. Especially the generation that is using Roblox and, you know, what's the other game all the kids play? I'm 
all my nieces and nephews that play. Anyway, oh, yeah. look at us. I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah, have kids. Yeah, so I don't know. You're the mom. That. What do your kids play? <laughs> um, He's 15 but, months. <laughs> oh, okay. But kids aren't on Facebook like that. Right. You know, like even yeah. generations up to 20, 25, I mean, if you meet that generation, they're not on Facebook. So yeah. when you look at, you know, even the Facebook stock diving or them losing so much money by putting it into the metaverse, Will they eventually grab, you know, gain some legs? Be- <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> Good tie <laughs> back. <laughs> will they eventually get there because, because they have, you know, a depth of devs and really smart people behind that platform, right? Yeah. But right now, that's not the generation that's showing up to Facebook to even get involved in that, unlike a Decentraland or Sandbox or some of the other ones. And I think even when you talk about brands, um, I think it's a deep misunderstanding, again, at least from my viewpoint, because there isn't, you know, my viewpoint doesn't run the world. Um, But for what I see from the potential being in the metaverse and from what was originally spawned, a... I think we maybe can do a quick little jump back, right? Like when the metaverse first got mentioned um, and got brought up as a really dystopian thing. If yeah. you know the the thing most people went to is uh, Ready Player One, yeah. the book and the um, the movie. You know, and it seemed cool. Like, yeah, the technology piece was cool. I can go in and be my own avatar and play on these games and earn these. They really had NFTs before NFTs were a thing. They had all this stuff in here, but they were escaping like this global hell landscape of oppression and financial destitude it's it's horrible and you know that's not i think that's what most people think of and, you know, if we end up there, I know I it's not that. a good thing. <laughs> like, I'm not geeking yeah, about that Yeah, I mean, metaverse. in Ready Player One, he's, like, in the stacks, they call it, yeah. right? Where everyone's, like, yep. a mobile home on top of each other. And even in – and I'm, I went to grab my phone because I'm like, it's – Storm. Anyway, doesn't matter. The original book from the 90s. Mm-hmm. But it was the same concept. It was a horrible world, and they would get in into the metaverse, and then he was a hero, hero protagonist. And, you know, you could go fight the bad guys in some other faraway land, and you just, that's how you escaped, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. your day-to-day was horrible. Yeah. And we're not saying that anywhere in the world is this perfect utopia now, but the painted picture in the movies and the books was definitely very, very different than what the world looks like today. Mm-hmm. Um, but my thing is, is that how many, how many people are really, like Nate said, using the NFTs or metaverse as a way to kind of globally, for instance, like we could have a global art showcase or an art exhibit or an art opening similar to an art basel or an art opening in la where you show your digital art but people from the entire world can come to it or maybe you're a you're a sculpture artist and a sculpture just isn't feasible to ship to india or asia and you can give them a digital representation of that look at the shoe game the way people collect shoes Mm -hmm. a lot of people collect shoes and they just sit in a storage unit or they sit in their basement until they have a reset value or whatever like if you had a digital representation of that shoe what does it matter nobody's wearing them in the real world anyway right. and you can put them on your avatar and you can do the things it's like owning the Lamborghini only people within your 10 mile radius
radius of where you drive your Lamborghini sees it. Owning a Lamborghini in the metaverse or in a digital space allows the entire world to know that you were able to buy a Lamborghini from Lamborghini, and it's a flex. Yeah. But but even in the in the shoe game, so there's some developers, and this is why I always brought in the AR, um, the augmented reality. And for people who don't know augmented reality, you know, virtual reality is when you put on goggles and you go in the realm. Augmented reality is when you put on goggles or you can look through your phone or something and you can see digital representations. A lot of that's in the maps now. If you go like a lot of the map apps that just come with your phone, you can look and it'll give you like information on it. Even if just the street name is there or like, different. Like a, like a Pokemon Go situation. Like a Pokemon Go situation. Um, that's all one thing. And so some of the things you brought up like the shoes. Um, I know somebody who's working on, I saw somebody who's working on this uh, thing for cars. So you take this design, you put what kind of car you have on it, you make your own sort of design thing, and then through augmented, you hold it up, you see that design on your actual car. So if you were thinking about getting it painted or putting it, you can actually like do a full 360 wrap around and just see oh, how right. it is. So now imagine if you have these NFT sneakers, right? And you got these plain, maybe some plain white uh Air Air Force Ones or something, but you have uh, whatever whatever design you want on Chuck them. Taylors, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now you can put these specialized NFT designs, and if you're in the augmented thing and you're in the real world, I look down at your shoes through the augmented space. I'm seeing the NFT representation. Yeah, of the that's shoe, cool. Not just this. So it's bringing your digital assets into the real world. You can do it with just your basic shirts. But keeping them safe. Keeping it safe. It's almost like, and that's what we talk about in the art world, working with an artist whose art pieces are thirty, forty, fifty thousand for the first round not you know the second and third sale of it and you i mean how many people have seen the actual like actual da vinci's or actual mona lisa's that's not what's out there Mm -hmm. right like it's back in storage in some very climate controlled storage right we don't get to see the actual thing anyway right so when people go well well, i don't get it Why, why why would i want the digital representation it's like the real thing exists we know it exists but mm-hmm. nobody gets to see it nobody gets to enjoy it nobody gets to have fun with it right so when you bring it into the digital world you go now i can share it all the time i could do an augmented reality thing i could send the piece to japan for a digital show and it can be in you know in a in a frame the same way the original art piece would be so yeah. there's there's so many things that are just barely scratching the surface to how we can use the technology and the idea behind the metaverse, but into data, you know, day-to-day, really brand activation. I mean, brands mm-hmm. are going to go, and individual. Really, this has given a lot of in, uh, a lot of individual artists, musicians, other any type of artists. We were talking about film last night too. Mm-hmm. Uh, more control over their IP. Yeah. Right. Yeah. An- another thing I see with the metaverse um, point you brought up earlier, Ashley, of you know, I thought it was one thing versus yeah. a bunch. I really think that's going to be like some of the scope that we see with just blockchain debates in general. Uh, you know, the big money debate is should there be multiple monies? Is it Bitcoin only or is it Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these other and people are going to have, right. you know, I don't think most people are, want to deal with 30 different currencies when it comes to like layer ones, the computational layer of Ethereum, right, and being able to do apps. I don't think people want to build on a million different platforms. This is the problem that we had with the, the Mac, PC, Linux debate for decades as computing came around. You know, your people are going to settle on a, a maybe a handful, maybe there might be one that rules the world, but it's going to be a small handful that are your primary go-to sources. Um, most every 
blockchain platform right now is, uh, you know, excuse me, I remember me saying this in like in 21-ish, you know, 2021, like altcoins don't mean al- alternate to Bitcoin anymore. That that left yeah. in like 2019, 2020. Oh, altcoins really? mean alternative to Ethereum. Nobody's building an alternative to Bitcoin right now. Bitcoin's Bitcoin. You have a couple of variants that are the money thing. Some have privacy aspects. Some have, so you have other alternatives. But when people talk about altcoins or building something alt, they're making alternatives to Ethereum. And I say all this to bring back to like the metaverse. I think right now we're going through that same experimenting phase with the metaverse. Yeah, you have multiple platforms, but in my head, if it's all open source, if it's all permissionless, right, which is my whole driving force behind participating in any of this, mm-hmm. then I can take a Decentraland or a Sandbox, and they're going to really be built off the same core framework. I see, I personally see the vision that's catching on is when you have a Decentraland base, and you have Decentraland as it is today, but, you know, you come through with your own ideas, and you build your own sort of experience (laughs) well experience on it right so i'm not talking about like the actual land parcels because there's a lot of debate around this too right um but imagine if you have a brand and you're in sandbox which is really more about gaming right sandbox experience is just really about gaming building your own little games and having these micro game systems and you build this up in your brand here but the whole world isn't going to be interested in gaming but if sandbox is open right you take that same platform and you build a different portal to it. So I go to sandbox.com to see the gaming version, but I might go to workbox.com to see this whole different version. Same platform, but a different experience. And while you own property on one parcel in Sandbox, that's this gaming tower of experience, I own that same plot in this fork, but now this is more geared towards networking and business, right? And so you can, unlike what you can do now in the real world, Right, you have one building. If you want to change the theme of the building, you got to tear down the building and build a whole new building. Right. Yeah. Imagine with one FT, with one NFT, which is sort of your key way to all of this stuff, and with one platform that's spread out with multiple interfaces. Now think of the possibilities. Now you're really living at least on the uh, the Ready Player One aspect, where they would jump from like game to game, but in one thing, it's like that same deal. Maybe I'm in this one party environment maybe yeah. i'm in this one networking environment um maybe once for movies maybe once i was for gonna music. say is this getting a little deep no no <laughs> still, we're no. still like, on the same yeah no I, I i really like everything that you guys are saying because i'm starting from a base of like zero so i was I'm, i don't know if you see me i'm like feverishly writing notes over here because i'm like wow this is so cool but um do they do they just like let's say for example sandbox does do they have works already where you can do the different like um the niche things like the party or the work or the gaming, like does that exist already? Or are you just kind of like an idea you're tossing around? Yeah, for me, it's an idea you're tossing around. Sandbox is a little bit more centralized in their, their workflow okay. um, right now. Uh, Decentraland, to my knowledge, is the most decentralized one, and mm-hmm. that's even still has this high level of centralization around it. Um, but they're they're... I believe they're both open source, so theoretically, yes, I could just copy and paste. And then if, as a development team, we decide this is what we want with Sandbox, right, we can just copy and paste it and then just change the interface. Maybe we don't like the blocky sort of virtual realm that Sandbox has. We like more high-res, high-polygonal count thing. We could just build that. 
But if we just do a true fork, right, the keys that hold all the land on one could theoretically still hold the land on the other. So you're not you're not building a competition. Mm-hmm. You're just building a different experience. And if you've already interacted with a certain thing on one, you can interact the same way like, on another. Like, but the experience is like different. levels, kind of, or like w- more of a, a fork would be more of like a side side chain, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, it will be a whole a whole different, different world. A whole different world. But like when Ethereum forked, right? If you owned an NFT on this was sort of an issue, right? When it comes to real things, if you own an NFT on the the proof of work Ethereum, mm-hmm. when it went to proof of stake, which is a whole hard fork, now you own two copies of the same NFT. Mm. One on the proof of work Ethereum, one on the proof of stake Ethereum. Yeah. Now, which one will the real artist and the network respect? That right. becomes something different. But that's that setup is set to have like friction versus what we're talking about, like with the metaverse, be set up to have um, be an aligned incentive, yeah. right? Not to be competitive. I think something the word that jumps out to me that when we're talking about these different worlds or even forking, which hasn't really happen like that is experience right i'm a big user experience person and i think the mass adoption or even larger adoption doesn't happen until it's fun until it works until it makes sense until you go oh wow jumping into decentraland and hanging out with my family on the other side is more fun than being on facetime right because right now we can just do a facetime group or a zoom you know zoom became a verb during the pandemic just because it was easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone could download it. Doesn't mean it was the only one out there. Yeah. Google me. I mean, there's so many other ones, right? Mm-hmm. So at what point does the user experience become just easy for everybody? Same with NFTs, same with whatever marketplace you're buying an NFT from or any kind of digital asset. Everybody went to eBay because it was easier. But, you know, yeah. StockX, people don't even necessarily love that right now because the user, yeah. user experience isn't the greatest. So yeah. I think we're at that stage metaverse-wise where there's the big three mm-hmm. kind of, and not even that. It's really just kind of Decentraland and, and Sandbox. Yeah, because we're not going to count Facebook. <laughs> well, and the other one is the uh, – <laughs> what's the one that has my uh, – Wyami? Because they had a they had a horse race in it too. Yeah, Zed was down there, but I think those the the bear market has pretty killed them. The only ones I'm not saying they're dead, but the right. only ones that I think that have any kind of because they were into car of, racing and all sorts of other stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. like a virtual it's, Miami, but they call it Miami. Yeah, um, it had its own coin and everything too, and people were buying land down there. Yeah, there's a it's few. all speculation really right now about which one's going to be the Google or which one's going to be the you know the amazon uh and and that comes down for me and well really for the whole metaverse world is is user experience how how easy yeah. is it for us to connect can a can a regular 150 dollar dell computer connect versus a super souped up gaming computer well, can your phone connect that's actually what i was going to ask yeah. next next is how does somebody even access it like i've never been on like the metaverse or in the metaverse i don't know what the proper terms are but how like, how would I go about, or, like, the average person watching, like, how would we go about getting on or going inside? I mean, with Facebook, it's the Oculus, right? Okay. That'll just get you there. With Decentraland, it is a little more of a still a knowledge-based entrance. You have to have – do you still have to have Decentraland coin? You have to get in – no, you've ne- you've never needed a coin. The coin for only if any you of want them. to interact. Yeah, for any of them. only if you want to purchase. If I you're going stuff, to do, right? if you're going to do commerce, uh, and the first commerce, as with every platform in the universe, the first com well, 
Commerce is only one of two things. You're either gambling or doing porn. And then Decentraland, the first commerce was gambling. Or buying drugs. <laughs> buying drugs. Are you saying, yeah. like, in relation to the metaverse? Playing, like, with the internet, mobile oh, phones. Oh, everything. I see, everything. I see, I see, I see. Anything digital, it's all pretty much, it's it's porn it or gambling that the, drives it all. It goes all. back to okay. B.C., okay. you yeah. know, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, why, yeah. Was, why was money and moni yeah. anything monetary even invented? Got yeah. It, got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you, you can don't just need go to decentraland. Is it dot org? What is yep. the yep. decentraland And create your avatar and just start jumping in. Yep. And honestly, I've tried it on a older Mac laptop, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's not very fast. But now they have a now they have local clients. So like yeah. Sandbox, a lot, both of those you can just download it. So you don't have to. You can do a web based experience. Mm -hmm. Um, if you don't want to like download all the apps, but you can just download them now, which will make it run a little smoother. Right. So this isn't like a wear goggles thing. No, you're actually. No, it's two D. Yeah, two D. But they but they have like Decentraland. I think sometime between now and the end of Q1 next year, 2023, um, they've been working on the integration so you can do the virtual world part. You can wear the goggles and actually be immersed into it if you want to. Have any of y'all ever played like the the virtual uh, the goggle PlayStation anything? Yeah, yeah, I go to like they got the VR arcades and stuff out here. Oh yeah, it's a whole different. Like, I'll be honest, if Metaverse was more like that, I mean, I played the Batman one. There was my friend had my, the, the day my friend got got a pair, went over to his house, and it was just like, now you got to try this one, and you're riding a roller coaster and shooting at clowns in a creepy, <laughs> in a creep, I'm serious, in a no. creepy forest, Yeah. and the roller coaster feels like a roller coaster, and mm -hmm. it is so realistic. The Batman one, you're standing over Gotham City on the edge of a cliff, and I mean, and then there's sports, there's golfing, there's bowling, there's everything, and so... I, like you, am like, well, if that was the metaverse, yeah. that could well, that be fun. that is the metaverse, though. But it hasn't gotten to that. We're, that we're is really, the metaverse. That is a version we're really of it. really close. Yeah, it's, again, you know, it's one version. But then they, they even have now the haptic response stuff. Right. So you might wear the gloves. But the gloves, it's like when you go to grab an orange or you grab, grab a bottle, you know, just like with your phone, right? You click on a button and it gives you that little vibrate to make yeah. you feel like you actually touch something. So yeah. it's the same thing. You have this, you grab something and the gloves act like this resistance. Oh, so you yeah. feel like you're actually holding it. Um, as you yeah. can do this whole, if on the virtual world experience, yes, it's great. And there's not a big difference between what we're talking about for the experience and what we're talking about for like what Facebook's trying to make or what Roblox could be. Um, to me, the big difference is it's not about the experience. It's about control. And this is why I get excited about the decentralized metaverses. Um, you know, and always put quotes around decentralized as we talk about stuff now. But the more decentralized they get, because at the end of the day, um, no matter how advanced and cool it is to go into... Zuckerberg's metaverse. It's Zuckerberg's metaverse, and you pay Zuckerberg for access. <laughs> he controls what happens next. Mm -hmm. He controls how you interact. He controls all of that. The and the big piece, he is. <laughs> I mean, look what Elon's done to Twitter. He's becoming the dictator over there. Well, yeah, you just swap you know, sides. It's like a yeah. dictator for one for a dictator the other. Mm -hmm. um, the point of doing any of this stuff, if you're a, a blockchain or crypto purist is about who has control and say. And the idea is if we're going to have this metaverse, whether it's all immersive or whether it's, you know, augmented, who controls that? 
and part of the Web3 movement or Web5 movement if you're a Bitcoiner, um, <laughs> it's really the same thing, and where NFTs play a strong role in all this stuff um, is the users. You, the people who have equity into it, who are the user base, who actually use it, are the ones who get to have control into it, right? Um, that you have these things called DAOs. I don't think we've ever dived deep into them, but a DAO is just a way for a collective of people, right, to organize together and have things happen. Is it decentralized in, autonomous ownership? Uh, no, well, organization. Organization. Yep. Now, they've gotten rid of a lot of the autonomous. I would love to see more autonomous get put back into how DAOs work these days, which just means the smart contract, the platform, it's already pre-decided. So like if you have a treasury, right? If you're in the metaverse and we're participants in the metaverse and we're using again, like let's say sand and you have your sand books or your land tokens for the land. And this is how both of them work, right? If you own land in one of these metaverses, you get sort of a say like, do we expand the land? Do we make more land or do we keep it limited and drive the value up? Mm -hmm. And there's going to be, if you believe in open, um, market dynamics mm -hmm. eventually they're going to it's going to be in their interest to vote to have more land because the land prices will get so high because yeah. of its scarcity right, right. Its digital scarcity it will drive away people to newer platforms where there's more opportunity so it would be in their interest to yeah. allow new land and you find this balance right that's what a lot of people say right away when you say well you can buy land in the metaverse yeah. well what would stop them from just making as much land until yeah. it yeah. forever economics yeah. Yeah. right and it comes down to that yep and you find that balance um but then who did, but that's the thing with the difference between a sandbox even or decentraland the 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 decentralized quote-unquote ones and facebook which there's no hope of decentralization there who makes that decision if you're a landowner, you make those decisions. You have a vote. The more land you have, the more votes you say. Is there a metaverse that runs on a DAO like that? Decentraland. Does it? Yep. So if it you own central... land right now in Decentraland, you are part of a DAO that would make a decision like that? Yep. There you have... Um, Where, where's the DAO? Is it a Discord DAO, I'm assuming, or a Decentraland well, Discord? Discord is a... De Decentraland, it's... On Decentraland, you go to Decentraland, they you go to the own. thing. Now, the communication channel, of course, most people use Discord. Okay. But, you know, there's there should be a Discord DAO because Discord, again, is another centralized thing. Yeah. But you have to communicate. And so it's where the community as a whole decides what like the communication Like they have their own message here. board or... So yeah. there's not like well, it's a, easier to see I'm asking because I, yeah. I genuinely don't know. I've jumped into Decentraland with Nate a few times, yeah. but I haven't If, if you own Mana, it. if you own Mana, which is like the Decentraland token, currency, yeah. it's the currency, you can stake that, and for staking that, you get a vote in your DAO. And then if you buy land, you get... I forgot what they call their land. In Sandbox, it's actually just called land. Um... But if you own a parcel of land in Decentraland, you get you have another token because the land is just an NFT. These are all NFTs. Why I asked you to sort of like be here for this conversation, even though you're not a metaverse person, is all driven from NFTs. Right. Right. Have um, you guys had a an episode on NFTs? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, no. Okay. Nope. 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 But we'll we'll link we'll link to it. <laughs> um, when we have. Well, it I mean, from it's here. it's it's a valid point to bring up because then does the concept of NFTs make sense for you? Um, a little bit. I mean, it's making more, as I'm like hearing you guys talk about it, it's kind of making more sense. Um, but I have a very like basic 
like knowledge and understanding of it. Sure. Well, besides art, go ahead and tell us. He's like, what is an NFT? Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not really that great at even describing. <laughs> 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 um, as so because it. So Nate, I will definitely pass it a little over to you. Mm-hmm. I'm better at the understanding the mechanics behind it and the use the right. again the use of it. But from a so it's a non-fungible token, we all know that, right? Mm-hmm. But the idea of fungible, you have explained to me with many slides and I should <laughs> understand it, but I'm not the best at describing the like the economics behind it cuz there's an yeah. economic there is, this is like a, a key hor- point. There, this is a horrible answer for somebody that he's like, she's our NFT specialist. Yeah. I'm like, I can buy them, sell them, market them. I can yeah. get you. I can mint your NFTs. Uh, the idea of having your house deeds as an NFT on the blockchain instead yeah. of sitting in a yeah. central city office is like incredible to me. Yeah. The power of it's incredible to me. But when it comes down to the very, very basics of a non-fungible, right. I mean, because money. So money, oh, the oh, concept money. of money. Have yeah, you guys had? Just, have you guys had this pot? Yep, yep that okay. was. That I gotta was, dip uh, back and listen to some of your other ones, because Nate is great at that. And then oh, we yeah. all started reading the five thousand years of money, yeah, five thousand years, years of, of debt. debt. Yeah, it's like a fifteen hundred page book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like makes and, War and Peace look like oh, a, my a toilet reader. <laughs> <Hilarious>. <laughs> it's definitely available on audiobooks and I just sometimes pop it on if, you know, you got an hour here, hour there, you're on a long road trip and you can really only do small but chunks. it's yeah. small chunks. But it is mind-blowing. It is definitely if you're in this space, it is something to just kind of check off in the corner to have if you want to dip back almost a, te- a textbook like and that's yeah. what Nate said. He's like you don't have to finish the whole thing, but dip back into it so or just listen to our our podcast episode on money perfect <laughs> there perfect. we go Summarize okay so i'm definitely relax. like passing that off to you the idea well so like an nft right um on a, on a on the most technical aspect is just a set of data okay. that's all it is um art is the breakthrough use case for NFTs, as we now see from years of NFTs sort of blowing up, some kind of art. But what what is it? So you have a lot of people are like, oh, you can just right click and save, right? I can just kind of now I got your NFT. Well, it's, it's like, the no, certificate of authenticity. It's the certificate of authenticity. The signature that on is the blockchain. All it is. That's all it is. It's the metadata that says for here. So in a in a Decentraland or a sandbox or any yeah. kind of metaverse, what you the land is NFTs because it's saying on this platform, if you go to plot number 17, comma, negative 32, just sort of some coordinates, mm-hmm. if you go here, this little plot, this is the metadata tied to this. And if I buy that, I'm, it's saying own I keys, own yeah. the keys to that. I'm the only one who can build on top of that plot. And if I own several plots next to each other, I can build a bigger thing on top of that. Yeah. And the use case for that reminds me of when Snoop Dogg or somebody famous buys a piece of land. He bought a piece of like sandbox. Steak, like this huge thing. Yeah, yeah, he bought a stake. And now as a regular everyday Joe, you can be Snoop Dogg's neighbor. Oh, well, yeah. you go say that on your socials or you go flex it. Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, I could just right click save and be Snoop Dogg's neighbor too. And it's like, well, are you? Can you? Yeah. Can you prove that? Can you show that authenticity, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, maybe I was going a little deeper with the fungible part because no, that. You are. That's like what an NFT is, yeah. right? The, it's, it's unique, right? So fungible, you know, a dollar is fungible. If you have a dollar bill, I got a dollar bill. We don't really care about the serial number on it. 
we can swap them and I can still have a dollar worth of purchasing power. Mm -hmm. If you got one Bitcoin and I got one Bitcoin, we can swap them. We still have one Bitcoin worth of purchasing power. Mm -hmm. That's fungible. If I have a Mona Lisa and you have, if I have like a Da Vinci and you have a, um, Pas Rembrandt. A Rembrandt. <laughs> we can't swap them and have equal purchasing power. A Warhol. And I or, have a Warhol. Oh, see? <laughs> but, so would you trade your Warhol for my my son's yeah. five, fifth grade This art is where it all piece. becomes non-fungible. Non-fungible. Right. There's not an exchange in value of that. And so same thing with the land, right? Well, if not, you're there's not an exchange of value, Dog, but not a direct, not a uh, ec equal. equal right? Well, it's not an equal thing. If you, right. if, if Snoop Dogg owns a piece of, uh, uh, an estate of land on, in Sandbox, I can own an estate of land. We can build the exact same thing, Right. People aren't coming to my plots of land the way they're right. going to come to him. They're not equal. They don't have the same value. I can right. do the same thing, doesn't make it the same value. And that's the non-fungible And part. that's kind of the, the under layer that I was yeah. looking for yeah. that Nate always explains way better than I do. Right. Um, but that certificate of authenticity has always been important. And people have been faking them for years, yeah. right? Or losing them. Think about when, uh, you know, Hurricane Katrina, this to me is like another very important uh, use case for NFTs. Think of uh, Hurricane Katrina or any hurricane, right? I had friends that, um, um, New Orleans is a second home to me, and I had friends that not only lived there, but then worked for FEMA after Hurricane Katrina. We even deal with this sometimes in Detroit, where they go, okay, well, who has the deed? Well, it's literally gone. Right. And then FEMA's like, well, then you got to go down to the city building and find your deed. And it's old, old technology. Or even if it's on microfiche or it's in a in a warehouse somewhere, you know, whatever. Microfiche. Well, I mean, that's literally <laughs> what my friend in New Orleans had to do. They had to I go know. to libraries that didn't, you know, didn't flood to find these documents. And nine times out of ten, no one could find the document. So then people come in and scoop land and say, oh, well, I had it. Look at my deed. Or they fake it. There's mm -hmm. so many ways to fake things. Um, they're talking about using NFT technology to give back land in Cuba to people that owned it before Fidel or, you know, any any governments take land away to be like, no, it's on the blockchain. Like, you can't just go in there and fake right. that in a way that would take things that are of a lot of value to people even, you know, for use case scenario now, you go, well, in 10 years, is that really going to happen? In 100, you know, right. your kids' kids. Yeah. It's, it, but, and I that drives the point. Years, yeah. Well, who knows, right? I mean, yeah. Most people in a crashing economy don't see their economy crashing True. until it's pretty much on fire and hitting the ground. <laughs> um, But yeah, that those are all the points why, again, I think a metaverse. And when we talk about metaverse, the 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 concept that crypto builders have been building is way more fundamental for me to make sure people understand that concept versus even to say it bothers me. Like, you know, you talked about brands earlier and like, well, Sandbox is the metaverse. We're going to put that. That's not a metaverse. That's a video game. Well, that's, that's a, that's a controlled entity run by a corporation. This is why, like... Some people know if you're if you're into the Ethereum space and you you you've learned some of the lore, the lore behind Ethereum and Vitalik Buterin even wanting to do this at all was because he was a big World of Warcraft player. Minecraft was the kid game too. I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, Minecraft. Oh, yeah. Right, right. It came to me way later. <laughs> yeah. Um, World of Warcraft. He you you spend all your time playing this game to get these special artifacts, and then one day. 
some asshole at World of Warcraft woke up and was like, you know what? Fuck that artifact. We're resetting everything. And one of those artifacts was like Vitalik's. And he was pissed. Like, I spent all this time. Why shouldn't this be mine? Why do you get to just take something I worked so hard to get away? And some people might look at, oh, it's just a video game. Calm down and maybe. But still... People it's, are spending hundreds right. of thousands of dollars on even NBA 2K, like building their teams and building their right. players and, and even, having certain uniforms. And there's, um, I just found this out on another friend's podcast. There's a uh, level, like player leveling up farming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where oh, you call, yeah. there's yeah. kids that'll level up your team and you just yeah. send them a little cash app or whatever after yeah. they get mm-hmm. your guy. There's so much money out here yeah. in these games, and they could take it all away. They, they can, can set you all back. They can so set you all back to zero. Is, Even is beyond that. money, people invest their time, which time is, yeah. is money. Absolutely, time is money. It's proof of work, right? And I'm I was not gonna a say, huge... That's what I was going to circle it back to. It's the proof of work. So. <laughs> and P2E, I'm not the biggest fan of P2E. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. could see with um, Axel or Axie Infinity and P2E, some of the uh, play, play to, to earn. earn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just double checking. No, that's great. That's great. So play to earn type games kind of feels like, you know, that feels very Matrix to me. People all sitting in a tower just playing oh, a game, yeah. Yeah, trying to a, earn a few dollars yeah, here and there. It's Black Mirror yeah. all the way. It's totally Black Mirror. So there's a little bit of that that you can kind of get into that realm as well with mm-hmm. metaverse and NFTs and gaming in general. Um, but again, that's that's such a small subset of it. Uh, the idea that there is monetary there is a monetary investment that people are already making in a digital space that's been going on for a long time how can that be like you said decentralized how can that be more about myself earning for my time or for my brand or for my ip Yeah. yeah activision will always want to make money and that's fine right the question is how can you align activision's incentives and the players incentives even more there's been big conspiracies this past couple months um, with a video game conference. And, you know, we bring up video games because that's part of where metaverse stuff falls into, right? Um, where you have these players who make these games popular and they're on Twitch and they're streaming and they do all these. And, they and do then they're making 20 huge, cents <laughs> per well, million views. Well, no, they do this. They want to do these tournaments. Mm. But then one company contracts with the gaming company for the game you're playing, Right. And they're like, well, no, 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 we have the license, so we're mm-hmm. the only ones that can officially throw a tournament. But none of the players who built up the reputation were behind this right. tournament. They had their own thing going. And the game company messed up because they're like, ah, you, they didn't say you can't throw it, but they were like, well, you know, you need a license, and we only have one license with them. And so now this huge tournament was, like, disbanded, like, three days or something before it was supposed to to yeah. go. And, you know, all the players boycotted the other tournament that properly licensed it because they're like, I'm not playing with that's some bullshit. We yeah, built e-ga- your game up. E-gaming's broadcast on ESPN at this point, right? Right. So how so do you, you align think those of all incentives? The advertising money. I mean, even in these games, they're right. advertising to you the entire time, and these companies are making a lot. So companies can make money because they're the ones spending the money and the time developing the core games. But like anything in an economy, right, just because you built the core doesn't mean you're the sole benefactor all the way up because you don't, you're not buying your own game. We used to say this in the music business stuff all the time. Artists would come through we're like, oh man, uh, they talk about how many, uh, how well they're going to do. It's like, dog, like, oh, well, I don't like this. I don't like that. It's like, how many of your record are you going to buy? Yeah. I'm producing somebody and they're telling me what they don't like. It's like, you pay me 
for my opinion, because my opinion is the popular one. Yeah. That's why you've paid me for it. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell how many, I don't, just don't like this. Like, cool. Like, you should like what your, your work is. But at the same token, how many of your record are you going to buy? I'm telling you, if you want to sell records, you need to sort of do this. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and this has always happened, like, in music. It's like, no, 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 I like the song. We just need to speed it up a little bit. Yeah. That'll give it a different vibe. That will make it sell. That'll make radio play it. As a DJ, like, we know what BPM people dance to. Right. As a DJ, <laughs> well, DJs make good producers, right? I witness what can make your record better. That's what I get paid to do, make your record better. Right. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like, all right, make your video games, make your decentralized world, make your, if, if you're not Facebook, because, you know, screw them. But if you're another company, you want to build a portal for a metaverse, fine. I'm with that. But you got to also realize you're not the one who's going to be using your metaverse. You have to align the senses right. and making it where the users have choice and users have everything are the way to sort of do that. Well, to me, that is the underlying or the over, actually, I would say more the overlying topic of Web 3 or Web 3.5, even people are already calling it 3.5, mm-hmm. is that in Web 2, users had no interaction with right brands whatsoever you get an email account that is your email you go to buy something you could buy it that's it Mm -hmm. but now with web3 you can see who all your users are as a brand and you can start to shape you can as a brand and i'm we're kind of talking about really big brands right Mm -hmm. like facebook Mm -hmm. and amazon and whatever i'm working with an artist whose team is literally his family it's his wife and his son Mm-hmm. and his buddy down the street who does his graphic design. I'm talking about a guy like him being able to ask his brand, his fans, mm-hmm. how to shape his next movie, his next book, his next art. I mean, anything he wants to do, we see what they buy. Mm-hmm. We see who comes back and buys what. And there's more of a there's more of an interaction in that way that never happened with Web2. Right. Never happened. You didn't see what what sold for his nfts he also works with a brand called vv who does a lot of ar and they're yeah vv's really cool and david Yu's like very good friends with him and talks about ways to even make a virtual jukebox where you buy his you know his band's 45s and then you put them in your jukebox you can play them i mean really fun interesting a and r stuff and so from a smaller standpoint that and I and I said it before that interaction with your fr- fans, but also your fans and your consumers helping you shape your brand in a way that never was done before because it was always one sided. Right. Yeah. And because it's open source and permissionless, you know, they have the same access that, you know, Atlantic Records or Amazon or any of them have. They don't they're not. It's much harder if you build a truly open thing that's permissionless. The walled garden that keeps people out goes away. Oh, the amount of access to to for even again we've talked about shoes, art, music. For you to be able to own a a, even say around English, you you might not have ever had access to own an original of his because maybe that price point or just because big museums or big collectors are going to come in and scoop it or raise the price at a Sotheby's or a Christie's or whatever, which by the way, all those big companies are very into NFTs and have huge, like huge, uh, 
side, you know, side projects with them. They're all down at Art Basel. They're all looking into this. So where you might not have physically been able to go to New York or send your super fancy representative to go bid for you, you're now able to do that online. You're now able to own originals of artists that or or shoe that you maybe never had access to or, you know, we were talking about cars and different things, too. And so that power is also, I think, a way to spread wealth eventually or to even spread consumerism in a way that wasn't also able to have been done in Web 2. Right, right. That's so interesting. So, so because I kind of came into this thinking that um, Metaverse was essentially a game, which I guess it kind of is, but at the same time now I'm kind of thinking like, it's way more than that because it can be an experience or entertainment. It can be advertising. It can be many, many, many things. And it's kind of cool that it connects all of the NFT stuff into it also. Yeah, the, the, my favorite phrase about what the metaverse is, um, I can't remember who I stole this from. So <laughs> shout out to whoever I stole this from. But it's that we already live in the metaverse. It's not new. We live in the metaverse all the time. Every time you see walk around, people are looking down on their phone. They're in the metaverse. Yeah. It's just right now it's 2D. Yeah. You know, what we're talking about is how do we make it more interactive in 3D? Yeah. It's what we do now. So yeah, gaming, yeah, social media, yeah, brand experience. Comics, like you said. Um, yeah, everything. Pop-ups. I used to love when you were talking about fan clubs and you would do, um, you could do pop-up concerts. You know I mean? Oh, if you had yeah. a big enough spa- uh, sort of fan base, you can be like, you'd have your network of fan base and you'd just be like, we're doing a concert here. Don't tell anybody. My first concert only true fans was, was show a, up. was a DMX pop-up concert. Stop. I swear. Yeah. I was so sad. That's amazing. R. Yeah, RIP. <laughs> wow, that's a great... Wow. For oh. real? Oh He's hanging God. out Happy with us right X. now. Wow. Yeah. Um, Ron, actually, Ron did something similar in Austin at South by Southwest. He had a double-decker bus, and they were playing music up top his band he has a band called the rabbits with three b's and uh i know i've put a lot shameless of little, plug i've put a lot of shameless plug but honestly just to give you guys an experience yeah. of an artist that's really oh, using this it. so it's out and this is way pre-web three but you could go scan a qr code on a couple posters that they put around south by southwest and it would give you a bus stop and a time and the double decker bus would show up and they'd have his band playing up top and or it was a dj right and he's like you know steve aoki you're like of course it was or whatever because he just has famous friends like that and you would get on the bus and then it would eventually end at the party but the only way you could get in the party is if you ended up on the on bus, bus and the, and you had to scan a QR so that QR code was is still major old technology yeah. but he was doing something like that at South by Southwest which you could do that we talk um there's also this like proof of participation little po-op things yeah. and NFTs where you say oh if i went to all these different events at a metaverse then i could make it to a blondish concert you know a yeah. rave or whatever somewhere in this location only if I did and it's that's an element of geocaching mm-hmm. so when you say games it's like we yeah. already play we already yeah. do games kind of all day long and and even in, in I mean all the algorithmic things you have to do but like Nate said I mean we're all staring at our phones and then people go oh my god it's I could never live in the metaverse yeah. or oh that mm-hmm. sounds so boring or whatever yeah. Yeah. yep so. we're, we're definitely there um, <laughs> and yeah it's just to me at the end of the day who owns it and who gets to control it um, but I think that's a yeah. fairly 
I mean, this has been very wide summary of it all. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's very eye-opening for me, and um, like the pop, the, like endless possibilities are like just so cool to even like think about right now. And that's the key point. If I ever have to bring the message out to anybody, is everything we've even named is the low-hanging fruit of what could be. Yeah. Like we're still working on making that happen. When you're a creative, if you're a true creative entrepreneur, whatever, the things, the possibilities you can do, the one other aspect that we didn't really hit on, you were talking sort of like with sculpturing, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a sculptor, if you're an artist like that, or if you're an architect, you have to follow real-world physics in the real world for things to work. You don't have to do that in a virtual realm. Physics is not a strength. Mm-hmm. So you can build Off these the experiences. Yeah. And then, again, like you said, you still go to, you can go to a museum and experience this thing because it's using, like, you know, we have, we've seen what hologram technology could do. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can do the same thing with your sculpture that you built physics-free inside of the metaverse as a 3D piece. And you can go to a real museum and interact with it. Think about roller coasters with no physics. Oh, wow. Like, gate, right? Like yeah, just wear your fans blowing in your face in a rocking chair, 5D right? 5D and the haptics yeah. and things. It's, it's crazy. Um, so I encourage everybody <laughs> to yeah. go play with something. Decentraland right now is my favorite one, so I would go to Decentraland. Um, of course, like every episode, you can always go to theblockument.com. Um You'll find this episode. We always have links, direct links to resources, so you have links to some of the different things we were talking about today. Um, some of which, real quick, I know we only got a couple minutes left, but please tell me about like a couple of the projects you're working on. How people find out more information about those? Yeah, so I work with uh, Light Cult Crypto is Ron English's uh, Genesis PFP project. That's a word soup, but uh, profile picture is just a PFP um, made mostly famous in the news for board apes and different projects like that. Clone X and certain uh, companies like Nike is, you know, really involved in it. And so it's his IP. Uh, I helped put it out with one time run. They're a 12 year shipping just giant in the art world so print excuse me print shipping sculpture toy was based out of detroit so they recruited me to be a community community manager with ron english and so i am kind of that i am that in between between his fans and him so like Hulk crypto we also then expanded into a secondary collection called area 54 that was a tie-in with crocs and Foot Locker. so i have worked with some bigger brands and that becomes a whole ip lawyer type thing and right. when you can say things and post things so i'm on i'm on the twitter at like Hulk crypto you can follow my personal twitter at dj skis 313 uh and because of that community work that i've done i also worked with hygienic dressly who are big sculptor mm-hmm. artists here in Detroit. Sculptor and like interactive, they do a lot of interactive um, installations. So if you ever saw the pigeons that were all downtown Detroit, that mm-hmm. like the, the pigeon is uh, one of their, lo- it's their logo. So they've done things that are interactive in sculpture, but you can't actually like own, they've never really done many prints or you can't actually own a piece of their logo or, or a piece of their sculpture. So um, they're working with, I mean, the actual like government to try to get their NFTs to be, and I would, they're so interest. It's so interesting to talk to yeah. Steve, but um, they want to file it to be a 
It's like a registered security. Registered security. So that when you own a section of their sculpture, you can then sell it and get profit as like the sculpture gets sold as a whole piece. You own a a chunk of it. So that's really interesting. And I worked with them on on their launch and they're still they're still waiting for for shares and stuff to be approved. And they're spending a lot of time on that. And so because of that, I've I've just slowly worked with different NFT projects. My my big thing is really trying to to get artists in Detroit, whether you're a print, sculpture, digital, or music artist, Mm -hmm. you know, earning and and working in this space in a way that other communities or, you know, other cities are kind of already pushing. And so um, I'm down at Spotlight. I DJ there every Saturday. We'll we'll be Mm -hmm. having an event coming up. And One Time Run is right there as well. And they have a whole marketplace on near networks. So we were talking about different networks and kind of being agnostic in that way. And so um, they're selling their, if you buy a print, you then get the NFT on their near marketplace. Uh, So yeah, so I got my feet in quite a few (laughs) different things. It's literally my full-time job outside of DJing and rehabbing my community and working in housing and affordable housing in Detroit as well. So yeah. does it all yeah, and racing go-karts and yeah, no working with boxing gyms and doing <laughs> yep. lots of other stuff. So that's right. But yeah, I would just say Twitter, Instagram at DJ skis three one three. And if you have any questions about NFTs or, you know, how to even just buy one, something basic, or how do I, how do I safely mint a free one? And th- th- we talk a lot about wallet safety and all that kind of stuff too. And Nate is a big part of that. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you. and thank you for out. having me. Thank oh, no, you. No. Yeah, thank thank you. you for coming it's been through. Awesome to be here. Um, again, go to theblockument.com. We'll have links to some of uh, Skeez's contacts so you can reach out. You definitely should. Yeah. And um, you can also find us. We're on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, all of them at theblockument. I'm only on Twitter, but I'm drop on Mastodon now too. At oh, Skeez. Yeah. See, now you said that Twitter's going to ban all of our links. Probably, to it. but. <laughs> I won't include that part. Right. (laughs) Um, So, yep. Follow us. Check us out. And uh, remember, every time, come for the riches. Stay stay for for the the revolution. revolution. Like it. Deep. All right.